The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. Well, welcome into another episode of the Story World Podcast. Steve Stram here, your boy Al. What's up, man? I am uh, excited to be here, Steve. Just got back from a long vacation to Maine, and uh, good mm. to be home, and good to be back at it again. Mm. Does anyone really, like, enjoy vacationing in Maine? Like, I, so, growing up, I had a friend named Jeff who, who lived, you know, in, like, I guess they, they vacationed in Maine a lot. And I always just think about it as like being a winter wonderland. Like it can be the middle of July here, and I'm thinking in Maine, it's basically like northern Alaska all the time. Awesome. So, how, what what is that like? Is that like how it is, or is that just a, a, a very false characterization? Well, I'll go along and pretend that you have a you had a friend named Jeff who vacationed in Maine. So I'll, I'll go along with that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, no, Maine is, uh, I mean, I, I do like some of the winter up there, the a shorter winter would be nice, but, uh, for snowmobiling, ice fishing, but no summers are fantastic. In fact, they had an usually hot summer mm. this summer, but when I was up there with mid seventies, sunny, we went to mm. the coast and, uh, yeah, beautiful, mm. um, Maine and population called vacation land, isn't it? it? It's vacation land. Yeah. It says on our license plate and Maine's population doubles or almost doubles during the summer. Because of the amount of tourists that come up and like stay in cabins and like live. Wow. There. So it's a good place to be in the summer. Interesting. I'll have to go sometime. I'd really like to check it out. So you should. You should. Anywho. Cool. What we should also do is talk okay. about this week's parable. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. the parable of the sower found in Matthew chapter 13 verses 1 through 23 also in the book of Mark, and also in the book of Luke. Yeah, and so the parable of sower, I think this one is, uh, this one's talked about a lot. I feel like that you hear this one. If you talk about one parable, the next parable you talk about is going to be this one. Seems like you hear about it, like every other time yeah. you go through the parables. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Quick overview of it. It's about um, the sower, and um, I mean, I take it, or you could take it that the sower is Jesus, or I guess anyone who's spreading the word um, in the gospel and is uh, throwing the word or the seeds on the ground. And there's a few different, um, I guess, options or outcomes of um, of the seed being uh, sown. And so that's kind of what the parable is about. And it's, uh, yeah. So I don't know if you have anything else to add to the intro here, Steve. Yeah, no, that that's um, that's good. And I, uh, I actually wrote a, um, a blog post about this that I was actually just looking for. Um, I called it this, the seed, the soil and the soul. Um, and I wrote that and I, I gave um, some of my thoughts on it. And I think uh, yeah, in there, I refer to it as like the parable of the soils. Anyway, there's lots of different ways to, yep. um, uh, to think about this parable. And so, yeah, I'm excited about it. The, the, um, do you want to like talk about maybe the four different like kinds of ground real yeah. quick? The, yeah. Uh, before we get into the, um, to the explanation of it 
I want to mention one thing though, reading it, I don't know if it says in Matthew and Lupa and Mark at the beginning. Um, it says that the, the, there was a, a huge crowd surrounding Jesus. So he actually took a boat out into the water. And I just thought how cool it would be if you were ever in a situation in life where people are just crowding around you and you just say, you know what? I need to get away. And you literally just get on the boat and just not too far, just like maybe 20 right. feet down to the water. Right. And you just have the people staring at you. That'd be kind of a, uh, funny situation but jesus is just that bad he just he's just he's just like so hardcore i just gotta get away so uh yeah so the four different types of ground or outcomes of the seed being sown um the first example is a uh um seeds being thrown like in the pathway kind of on the wayside it doesn't um doesn't get in any dirt or there's really no protection and so the birds come and and eat the seed away uh, the second is uh, the rocky ground. Um, so the seeds actually do kind of get into the soil, but because of all the rocks, they can't they can't get their roots in, and they just end up they end up dying. Uh, the third is the thorns. The seeds grow, um, and they grow fairly well, but then the thorns grow as well and chokes them out, and then they ultimately die as well. And then the fourth option is the good soil, which um, of course you don't have to be a farmer to know good soil is when seeds get into um, good dirt. It has good nutrients and it has mm-hmm. access to water and sun and it grows and flourishes. So that's kind of the uh, the four options of uh, the seeds being sown and where they end up. Yeah, and this is uh, for sure one of the most helpful parables, I think, for uh, because we tend to want to look at other people and it's easy for us to sort of uh, judge other people's lives and sort of judge other people's motives, even though it's really hard for us to actually know uh, very much about the inner life of a of a person, but still, um, as we're interacting with people, we're sharing the gospel, we're doing life in church together with people. Like, we really need to have a way to think about um, how uh, our effectiveness, um, right? Our like how we can sort of like think about how effective we're being to share the gospel with people. And you know, it, it might be tempting to think that you know, like, like I can imagine you putting a lot of effort into sharing the gospel with somebody and being just super frustrated that they end up just totally not getting it. And it's like, they're just, you know what I mean? They don't comprehend it. They don't get it. Like you've invested all this time. Um, and maybe even, um, you know, to go deeper, maybe even you were in like a discipleship relationship with somebody, right? Like you were actually really investing into their spiritual life and taking time with them to help them grow and develop each week. And then, you know, eventually they abandoned the faith or something. And this parable gives us a really helpful way to think about these uh these people and you know it's like where do you where do you put them and and like i see this when you see um prominent leaders people that you look up to like sort of fall away and it's like it really helps us for to be able to know like how to think about those people and where they might have fit in relation to this uh stuff and it's all it's all very practical. Like, and this, we're starting to get into the, the symbolism a little bit here and about like what Jesus was actually trying to talk about in the parable about how this relates to the people who, um, hear the gospel and respond to the gospel in different ways. So I'm, I'm excited to continue talking through this because I I think it's a very helpful thing for people to, to, to get. Yeah. Why don't I, um, why don't I get right to the symbolism and what, um, the comparisons between them because I think that's kind of where you know the nitty gritty is where we can jump into it because I have a thought on it as well going off of that um, so the pathway the seeds that fall by the wayside and the birds get them 
is kind of um, an allegory to those who hear the word. Um, but very quickly, evil forces, whether it's like family influences or or anything around them, just just chokes it up and it just disappears. Think about someone who might have heard something interesting, either through a podcast or at a church service with a friend, and they get home and the parents say, well, that's stupid because of this or that or whatever other influences and quickly it just it just dies away. Um, right. This is like this is like when Joe Rogan can't, can't grasp the resurrection, but my right. mushrooms. But anyway, mushrooms. Um, and then so the rocky ground, those who receive the word and are and are happy with it and excited. But um, for whatever reason, um, just the excitement passes away very quickly. And they whether they didn't have any really serious thought about what they were doing or they were caught up in the moment and it was, you know, no serious commitment there. Um, they end up just getting, um, um, there's nothing to grow on. Um, and so, and that could be, I, it doesn't say explicitly here, but that also could be a result of maybe like the church's fault and not, uh, yeah. you know, not instructing them or, um, you know, teaching them. Um, yeah. When, when I think about the, the rocky ground, um, I, I, I often think about pragmatism. So I, Sometimes I make a comment, and and when I make it, I'm I'm kind of joking. And the reason I'm kind of joking is is because of the rocky ground. Um, you know, I've made the point before that you know, really, you should just like everybody should read the Bible because whether or not you ultimately believe it spiritually, it's a it's a it's a, if you do what it says in the book, um, good things will happen. You know, I was just uh, listening to a um, seminar. Uh, by a speaker, well-known marketing guy, and the particular subject matter of the of the seminar um, was wealth attraction. And you know, it, it's a pretty well-known fact that, like, subconsciously, you the way that you think about money often affects how you actually act, like the things that you actually do. And so, it's not like freaky, goofy stuff. It's like it's like I mean, you you can label it out if you want to, but like the bottom line is, if you're somebody who has negative thoughts or thinking towards money. It's really hard to accept that it's okay to earn it yeah. and to hold on to it, et cetera, like you, the way you were raised and all of that. And so one of the things that he was saying, his name's Dan Kennedy, one of the things that Dan was saying is he talked about the power of saving and giving and spent quite a bit of time on giving um, and uh, didn't, again, didn't get into much of the spiritual connotations of it at all, aside from briefly mentioning the fact that, like, obviously, like, when you... Um, you know, like religious institutions do have, you know, different programs related to giving, such as tithing and, and things of that nature. Um, but like he he went on and on and on about how, you know, it's literally the most irrational thing that you can possibly imagine. But he said, you know, he's talking to a room full of business owners and he, he was very fully admitting uh, to doing this because of an intentional business choice because it's actually an effective strategy that works. Right. And he was, you know, um, he's like, don't do this out of some felt forced need or some moral compulsion. Right. He was speaking very practically of like, it's a good business idea to do this. He's like, do it for a month and you won't stop doing it. Despite how irrational it is um, to think that when you give away money, more will come to you. He's like, and, and this is a totally non-religious person. I, well, actually I should take that back. He's not open about his religion. He is openly conservative, but I don't know if whether or not he is religious. But again, he's making the point apart from religion that it's fundamentally irrational. And yet when you give, more comes to you. And usually the amount of your giving 
is, um, you know, commensurate with the amount of your receiving. In other words, if you are stingy with what you put out, then the God, you know, God or the universe or however you think about that is going to be stingy giving back to you. And um, so when I think about this rocky crown, I think about the fact of, you know, initially receiving the word with joy. You know, if you're thinking about Christianity as something that works for you or it practically solves your problems or, you know, sort of looking at God's world as, you know, as this guy was like as a as a money dispenser. Um, that's all. It is what it is. Like, I mean, if you if you're going to live in God's world, you're pretty wise to obey the laws like sowing and reaping that the God of this world has set up right the, you know what i'm saying like like that makes sense and i need to be careful saying like the god of this world because the new testament first dude the god of this world <laughs> is Satan. but I'm, I'm not referring to that right. i'm referring to the god who created the world right the god of the bible right and so is it a good idea to do what he says yes but the point of this parable is that that's not enough right or the point of this this the rocky ground the seed falling on the rocky ground challenges and things are going to arise and it goes beyond just that but but there is this pragmatic end of it where it's like christianity might work for you but then life gets hard and if you are not rooted in understanding god's promises and you're not actually saved like you're not redeemed by the blood of christ and you're not you know what i mean like like christianity falls away when it stops working for you then that's the rocky ground no that makes sense i i like that i in yeah you're right um I never looked at it that way before, but um, looking at it where people find something maybe new to grasp on and they think that it's exciting because it's going to make them happy and it's going to solve all their problems. And maybe, you know, in the end, ultimately it does. But I mean, think how the Bible says several times that you're going to endure suffering on earth. Everyone goes through trials. Everyone goes through pain. Um, and it's just how it is. And so, yeah, Christianity doesn't make your life 100% happy in it. And it's not guaranteed to. Right. Um, I never thought of it that way before. And, um, yeah. And then the, uh, um, so the thorns, uh, those who hear the word, but the worries of life, materialism, and choke out the growth. Um, that one's kind of, uh, I mean, all the first three are, are kind of sad in their, in their own way, but the thorns one is, is really sad to me. Um, I envision someone who really is, is grounded in, in what they, and, and what they see as true in their faith. Um, but then I, I just picture the thorns like slowly creeping up and it's kind of a slow burn effect where it's nothing that instantly happens. It's it's more of an overtime thing where um, the burdens of life just wear you down. Uh, maybe it's family, maybe it's your job, maybe it's trying to chase like the American dream or whatever it is um, eventually just kind of kind of gets to you and your faith just kind of tickles out. I don't know, what what are your thoughts kind of on that one? Right. So the, the, yeah, for the, for the guy who the, the seed sort of fell uh, into the, into the thorns, it's, this has always been a puzzling one for me because I used to hold the view that this person was not, um, was not a believer and that the only person who uh, actually was a believer in this parable was verse number uh, um, or, or the condition number four, the one who, who fell on the good ground and, and, and the good soil. And I think there, honestly, you know, you could argue either way for it. Um, I think the way that you think about salvation, um, the big word for it is soteriology kind of, you know, determines a little bit what you think on this. 
Um, but I, di- I did change my view on this. And again, um, I-, I can put a link in the show notes to the article that I wrote and that might give a little bit more of my thinking. Um, I have changed uh, my view on it because I, you know, I-, I think there are a lot of people who um, become spiritually stagnant, right? They hear the word, they're excited, but like you said, they sort of fizzle out over time and they, you know, like, like the, the, the worries of life and, and, and materialism really take them over and to where they're focused on totally the wrong thing. And, and so do I think this person is still saved? Yes, I, I do. But I think they're in a very spiritually sad condition. And, um, you know, they, they certainly need to work on their relationship with the Lord to come out of that place. So, yeah, I, I, I think that it's almost one of the saddest places that you could be in a believer to be the, to be the person who like the thorns of life are just choking you out. Um, and the good news is that, it is possible to overcome that uh, because if you look at the New Testament, right, you find people who suffered immense persecution, people who had to deal with very real threats of death and other, you know, other big problems, um, and yet they still became close to the Lord. So I, I think that it's possible to overcome that that condition. Well, following along those those lines, we had the fourth one, and that's being planted in good soil. Those who hear, understand. Um, you read the word of God, God and are kind of your uh, essential, like, uh, I guess, uh, good Christian people, <laughs> I guess you could say. Uh, right. But, but uh, right. that's kind of the ideal. And um, I like how it it really focuses on on the word. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think that's such a big thing is you can you can listen to a lot of podcasts and sit in front of a lot of sermons, which is great. But unless you really just read God's word for your own. And, and just take it for what it is, um, you're not going to have that same growth as someone else might have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the most fruitful people I know, their fruitfulness, I attribute to how well they know the scriptures. You know, they're really able to point back and, and you know, they're able to identify specific scriptures that have helped them overcome certain things in life, you know, and whether it's whether it's how to respond to a situation of suffering or whether it has to do with your financial life or has to do with how you treat your spouse or whatever, like people who are just bathed in the word of God um, are those people who are really like internalizing those spiritual truths and are people who are able to do God's will because it's written on their hearts. You know, they are, um, they're understanding, uh, the Bible says, what the will of the Lord is. They have sort of that discerning heart and that discerning spirit. And without the word of God, um, you can't really do that. And I, so I have been a, a little practice that I have been doing is, um, and I'm not saying this is the right way to do it, but it is something that is, um, uh, um, helping me a little bit. I've been reading my Bible on my Kindle. And the reason why is because I've been highlighting and I've actually been using a reader's Bible. So there's actually no verse numbers and such. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes that stuff kind of gets in the way. Um, and so I use this uh, app called Readwise. I've probably talked about it on here before that like recalls my uh, uh, my Kindle highlights for me. And every day I go through 10 um, Kindle highlights. And so now uh, some Bible passages are being mixed into that as well. And there's some s- specific tools in there that I can use to sort of like help me do my memorization and, and all of that. So I'm actually like trying to bake my Bible verse memorization te- um, uh, routine into a routine that I already have. Um, and that is, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm working on it, right? It's, hel- it's helping me so far to be able to actually start internalizing some of these ideas in a way that really feels um, that really feels natural. So the more bathed in the word you are, the more you understand God's feelings and thoughts about things, 
um, the easier it is to do his will and the easier it is to um, stay um, attached to God and, and be fruitful and to produce good, good results. Yeah, I agree. Um, the only final thought that I have is kind of going a little bit back to what you said about um, kind of discouragement that we see with like you know, people that we read about hear that, you know, hear the word. Do you think that, um, oh, they should really like grasp onto this? Like it makes total sense, but then they just don't. Or you see someone who just kind of fades out of church and you wonder what happened to them. Um, but just as a reminder that we talked about this about a parable a couple, couple weeks ago. I forget which one it was, but um, I mean, this is Jesus speaking. Like he's telling you this is normal. This is what's going to happen. Um, I, I think we think a lot of times that it's um, like a complete failure when we see these types of things coming in and out of our lives. And um, I guess to an extent, it's it's sometimes can be sad to see. But um, I mean, it, it's something that Jesus tells us about when it's going to happen. Um, it's just kind of a fact of life. So just something to kind of keep in mind. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I, I think, honestly, I, I agree. And I mean, that kind of sums up my thoughts on this. I mean, it's a great, it's a great parable that really gives us good categories for thinking about how to, um, yeah, react to people in, in those situations, but then also like to uh, avoid that situation for ourselves, right? Especially to avoid being number three and really try to be number, uh, number four. And so, um, yeah, I mean, this has been a great one. And uh, again, for more of my thoughts, I know I keep plugging this, but I've, I've written a pretty detailed article um, on this. Uh, it's just steveshram.com slash seed dash soil dash soul. I'll put the uh, link in the show notes there so you can go read it as well. And um, I talk about uh, some really interesting things in there. I get into some stuff about divine prevention theory and like, you know, some of the purpose behind Jesus telling uh, certain uh parables because again it was in matthew 13 i believe where jesus kind of goes into that fact of why he tells parables and there's a lot to it um that you can go a lot deeper with but i think that's that's it for for that for me for now perfect i think uh too we only have two more parables after this and then kind of a final wrap-up thing so this has been our longest series but a really good one i've enjoyed it absolutely yeah so uh, do we want to do, uh, I think in lieu of stories of the week, we're going to do like a quick personal update. Is that accurate? Yep. I think that sounds good. Uh, S- Steve and I are in the world of uh, not looking much at news or apparently consuming much new material lately. So uh, you're going to hear yeah. from us instead. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I'll, I'll go first. I'll, I'll just kind of make yep. it quick, to be honest. Like I, um, it's like, it's almost like there's a lot going on at the same time. Um there's not like I, I don't know. It's like it's like there is, but there isn't. Like a lot of what's going on is so insignificant. Um, probably the big things that are happening are, um, for, you know, for me is that my company is actually going to be splitting into two companies, um, each serving a little bit different niche. One serving the local business and marketing niche, and another one uh, serving online like membership sites and the creator economy uh, sort of niche. And so I'm really excited about that, and I've got a lot of head down work ahead of me in the coming weeks on actually making <laughs> that change happen. I'm, I'm kind of dreading it at the same time. Uh, at the same time, very excited about it uh, because of the possibilities um, from a branding perspective. And, you know, I'm a marketer with a horrible brand and that is just death, right? It's really hard to be a marketer with a bad, terrible brand. Um, and that's what I've been limping on for the last eight years. And uh, by the grace of God, our business has done great. Uh, considering that fact. And I think to move into that next place, we really need to, to make that move. So um, there is that. Also, 
Um, the other big thing is that we just launched our platform uh, for uh, teaching online music lessons. And yeah. so we teach using the what's called the Nashville number system. So if you want to learn or your family member wants to learn how to play like a pro musician, um, you can just go to worshipbynumbers.com and you can sign up there for either self-taught or a guided uh, program. And, um, you know, we're going to be adding new things. We started with a beginner guitar course, but we're going to be adding a lot more to that soon. So that's all launched and out there and trying to trying to grow that from the ground up now as well. So lots of fun stuff going on. Um, well, some of it's going to be head down, just kind of grind work. And um, but, you know, all of it is uh, all of it is exciting. So there, we're, awesome. there we are. Fun stuff, Steve. Mm. I'm a little bit less busy than you. Maybe I feel busy. <laughs> um, so just honestly, just working hard on my writing. Um, actually, uh, uh, Steve and uh, his team uh, just built my website. So pretty soon I'll be really going headlong into that and being mm. active on that, making podcast videos and really promoting myself. But other than that, it's really just writing and more writing and just getting my plan together and outlining and more writing and then more outlining. So um, <laughs> and then on the other flip side, my my running, I have about eight weeks left for my marathon. So I got about real six weeks left of hard training followed mm. by two weeks of kind of tapering to get ready for it and the marathon. So uh, that's exciting and fun. And uh, we'll see how that mm. goes. Yeah, I don't um, I don't hate myself enough to um, run a marathon. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to we're going to work on we're going to do some therapy and work on Alex's self-love. But, you know, that's a love. Yeah. I, yeah, I won't be. Yeah, I won't be loving on myself after probably no. hour three. <laughs> Well, that's all very exciting. I can't wait to to finally get something in my hands on on you know on the some of the writing and stuff that you're doing. I'm uh, wicked pumped to to get something in there. I, so I know I'm really anxious for you to finally get in there and, and read it. So uh, hopefully sooner than later. Cool. Yeah, and I'm sure like so. Yeah, we're gonna be wrapping up this parables series pretty soon. And you know, it's been a little while since we um you know did some stuff that was really heavy into story. So I think you know we should maybe uh, look at uh. Some, some, you know, at least a good few weeks of some, um, some cool story stuff. Just to kind of blue sky off the top of my head here, I recently watched the on Disney Plus the documentary uh, called Light and Magic, which is like a six part documentary about industrial light and magic, yeah. and like put, you know, putting together Star Wars and all of that. And so, uh, been back on a little bit of a Star Wars kick, looking at some of that stuff. And, nice. Um, so yeah, we we should definitely get into some uh, some storytelling stuff after we wrap up this uh, this parables. Yeah, uh, I agree. Series, and even though this is obviously stuff. touching on story, um, it definitely will be, yeah, good to kind of get into the, the hardcore story mode of things. Um, oh, so yeah. That'll be fun. For sure. I agree. Yeah. All, All right, right, Steve. Well, everyone, please share the podcast. Tell your friends. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.